Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Caroline Stocks with Poultry Health Today, and we're talking to Ade Oladende, who's a research microbiologist with the USDA. Ade, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, now, here at IPPE, you've been talking about a study that you're involved with, which looked at the impact of uh, built-up litter on salmonella using the Heidelberg serotype. Why Heidelberg? Well, in 2014, we had this largest US foodborne outbreak that involved poultry, and Salmonella Adelberg was the culprit involved with that outbreak. And since then, we've been trying to understand what are the factors responsible for Salmonella Adelberg surviving in poultry and causing such big outbreaks. So how big is the risk then of um, foodborne illnesses from Heidelberg? So if you look at ty Salmonella typhimurium or you look at Salmonella Kentucky, in terms of invasiveness, and what I mean by that is that amount of it, the ones that can affect organs or get into the bloodstream, about 3% or 5% of salmonella typhimurium or infection causes invasive infection. With salmonella Heidelberg, we are talking of invasive infection going up to 35%. So that's why salmonella Heidelberg is a big one when it comes to outbreaks because it can cause more diseases than other serotypes. So are there different strains of the salmonella Heidelberg? What is unique about Samala Heidelberg is that the, the traditional method that we use in, in differentiating strains, what we call pulse field, gel electrophoresis, that does not work with Samala Heidelberg. So for Samala Heidelberg, if you want to type them, we have to do what we call whole genome sequencing. So through whole genome sequencing, we know that there are multiple different strains of Samala Heidelberg. So which strain did you use in your study? So for my studies, I use multiple strains. So we have some strains that have antibiotic resistance that I use. I have some strains that don't have antibiotic resistance. For some of my studies, I've used the, some strains that came out from the 2014 outbreak. So we've used those strains also for our studies. So what, the, the, what we observe with salmonella strains is that there's so much diversity amongst them when you start using old genome sequences to, to type them. So how did you go about selecting which ones you used? Was it to, to use that different variety of ones that caused illness, ones that were antibiotic resistant? So when we started, the goal was to look for a strain that does not have any antibiotic resistance because our goal was to do an evolution. What makes them anti acquire antibiotic resistance? So we focused in the beginning on strains that were susceptible to all antibiotics. And our goal was to now see if we put them into the chicken gut or we put them into the chicken environment, are they gonna acquire antibiotic resistance? So tell me a little bit about your study then. What did you actually do? How was it set up? We do some studies where we just look at the chicken environment, where we just, we, you know, we call them inoculation studies, where we inoculate salmonella into poultry litter and see how they survive through time. In some other studies, we inoculate, we do challenge studies where we put salmonella we either oral, orally or we go through the cloaca and we inoculate the birds cloacally and see what happens, into the, what happens to salmonella in the gut after about two weeks or full term, about 49 days. And what were some of the results that you found? When we do the studies with the birds, we do not use any antibiotics. But what we found was that when we orally, when we go, when we orally garbage the birds with salmonella Heidelberg, 
50% of the isolates that we recover after two weeks from the birds or acquire multi-drug resistance. The idea as a scientist was that if we remove antibiotics from poultry, salmonella, antibiotic resistance salmonella will go. But what, what the study is showing us is that we need other ways to actually eliminate antibiotic resistance salmonella, not just by removing antibiotics from food production. So you found that used litter can play a role in controlling salmonella, but only after a downtime. How, how long a downtime do you need? So what we've been doing is we've been with, with at a minimum two weeks of downtime. So we've been doing our studies where we take litter from different downtime. And we found out that after two weeks of downtime, we take the litter and we put salmonella in and we see more than two logs reduction in salmonella if we go into a, a litter that has been gone through adequate downtime. And how big is the impact of litter on salmonella? Can it help eradicate it entirely or does it just reduce it? So we've done a study where we raised some birds on used litter and we raised some birds on fresh pine shavings. Overall, the abundance of salmonella is about equal, but when you now start looking at the amount that carry antibiotic resistance, in the fresh litter, we find about 50% carrying antibiotic resistance. When we look at the used litter, we find less than 3% of the salmonella acquiring any antibiotic resistance. But they are still there, but in terms of acquiring antibiotic resistance, there's definitely, the, the definite answer is that in use leader, we see lower acquisition of antibiotic resistance. And do you think that could work for other strains of salmonella and other diseases, or would it just be salmonella Heidelberg? So <clears throat> for salmonella, we've been working on salmonella enteritis, and for that, for salmonella enteritis, we've been seeing a different story because with salmonella enteritis, they don't usually acquire antibiotic resistance. So in that case, we don't know if it's going to be the same story when we put it into the birds and grow them. We do not know if salmonella enteritis will acquire resistance. But what we see with salmonella enteritis is that we still see a log reduction in total population. We're going to reuse litter, but we do not find any strains that acquire antibiotic resistance. And what would your advice be to producers who are uh, producing birds without antibiotics? Like I said, I would think they should focus on the downtime. I think it's important that before they put new birds on the litter, they make sure that the litter is dry enough, that there's not much moisture. I would say up to like, want the litter to be at least, from our studies, less than 25% moisture. Then also we've also noticed that you, want, you don't want E. coli to be in the litter before you put new birds on it. So that's the, that's the only advice I can, we can offer right now is to make sure that there's no E. coli in your litter before you put new birds on it and you have low moisture levels in the litter before you put birds on it. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com join.